It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. series on Fringeworthy in the Skyrim Cosmology. I, I got a feeling that the first miller through a, a portal, either on Nern or on one of these planes, will be met by a god or somebody. Oh yeah, Maybe. as soon as that portal, oh no, as soon as that portal turns on, that divine is going to be Hello. all over it, just going, what is this? Okay. Oh, it's on. They're going to be like this. First, you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Yes, right, exactly. And I'll, also this. remember that the portal system collects information. So they probably wouldn't want to send through a Mellor until they had enough time to collect enough information to grant the uh, gifted language. Yeah, that's true. Here's a question, Bruce. So there's a DD or a DD's representative waiting for the Mellor that comes through. Yeah. Can he um, get information from him from a handshake? Oh, (laughs) I would say yes. How if, much if it, if depends upon the ability of the Meller to process it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, if it's a if it's a like a deity's corporeal avatar, that's still a deity. Yeah. That Melor might embrace his inner scanner, and just his head would pop like a dandelion. <laughs> and snap. It wouldn't be pretty. No, his head wouldn't pop, but his chest would burst though, because that's where his, that's where he really. Oh, is. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Oops. alien, not scanners. Then fine. Oh, right. that's, ooh. And a, a Mellor trying to absorb a god. Oh. It might be very easy. It all depends on how it's packaged. Yeah, mean, but remember, it, it could also be like um, uh, Russian dolls. You know, you get one <laughs> layer of it, and there's many layers inside. Well, you get the corporeal layer. Oh, You so get it, a layer, yeah. Oh, so it's like onions. <laughs> remember, we talked about... Oh, the, onions have layers. I like the nesting doll image a little better. layers. <laughs> Yeah, remember we talked about this a while ago about, you know, when we were talking about the possibility of Meller meeting supernatural creatures like vampires and werewolves. You know, remember that yeah. remember that one? That was a while yep. ago. You know, yeah. the idea of, of a werewolf Meller. Yeah, we were shuddering about that. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. If if, if the how world else? supports it, I'm yes. Trying to remember how else Melor get their forms. Well, the old Mellor just simply, you know, touch you and just go and take a point of a uh, point of constitution, which comes oh, okay. back. Yeah. The, uh, the, and, and so do master Mellors. Okay. Well, they can. They can. They I have a choice. If they smart, they do it that way. But yeah. Well, they have a choice. Who knows? Maybe they like eating brains and spinal cords. But um, Maybe it's delicious. Excuse me? Maybe it tastes like chicken. Oh, Josie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Josie, I told you this, that 
the lower the lower a melor form gets, they don't do by touch. They eat the brain and spinal column, and that's how they absorb forms and memories. Right. Here's the thing. Yeah. I just had a really, really nasty thought. Uh oh. Ooh. Uh, I'll tell her. Share. Dragon. Ooh. A melor trying to absorb a dragon. Now. The yeah, brain and spinal not? cord eating it, it could assume the mass and become a dragon. Yeah, but uh, even even a uh, great Meller, which is actually the better fighter of, of the Meller, would have a hard time with a dragon. Yeah. Yeah, but still, if so he could do it. So you, you, so you, you're, you act smarter. You know, you say work smart, not hard. Yeah. But dragons are intelligent beings anyway. Yeah, yeah well, that's there's no point in absorbing just a stupid animal. It, so. So, yeah, it would have, in that situation, yeah, the memories and form of that particular dragon. Right. Any, any creature that's very large, it would, it would benefit the Meller to use the, um, uh, the touch transfer if they're yeah. high enough level to do it. Just, just from a practical standpoint. Or go after, ju- or go after juveniles. Smaller dragons, yeah. Yeah. Smaller ones. There, there are smaller ones. Yeah. Are there and small, then... small ones in the say horse or lower range? No. Okay. That, That's too small. Still, they're would... still pretty big, but I have noticed a difference in size on some of them. It depends on the dragon type. Yeah. So you either have to go after a newborn, which means you're going after an intelligent creature, or you go after one that's already weakened anyway. And I think we mentioned. I think we now we determined in that episode about supernatural, the supernatural Miller. They unless it, unless it's unless a, a Miller is bitten by a werewolf, he you know he doesn't get all the werewolf's abilities. So he has to literally be cursed by a werewolf to be turned into to maintain the abilities. Same thing for the vampire. So he wouldn't be able to fly, per se. You know, not unless he has wings. Yeah. And and flight is more or less of flapping your wings and not of magic lifting you into the sky. Well, we didn't say that the uh, Meller could not use magic. It just would depend on how one learned it. Yeah, you know? well, because I, I think I think if a Meller did absorb a dragon in some way, that it would be able to fly. Yeah, because it's just something they know. Well, it might also, they might have special structures inside their bodies that allow it to happen. Yeah, he may look like he weighs 10 tons. He only weighs half a ton. Well, no, I remember Rich, I remember you guys told me that Rich once said that it was all a gas bladder and then the the wings just provide like... No, no that was me. Okay, and that, then, was one, well, that was one of my ideas for dragons is, is that they were actually just huge inflatable objects and no they uh yeah these are probably mytho- mythological dragons from what i've seen in, in actual plays they're actual mythological dragons so it is partly magic but then again if it's part of their dna uh it might actually work they might actually be able to fly yeah i mean if they if they have some natural you know, i'll put air quotes around that uh, ability to harvest mana Okay, and convert that into an effect, let's say levitation, then there's no reason why a Meller, having decoded their genetic code and therefore able to create in itself, 
you know, the shell that it puts around itself a similar, you know, sh you know, bodysuit that it wouldn't be able to invoke the same abilities. Well, yeah, remember, a Miller absorbs everything about the form that it copies. Yeah. It would be able to do that intrinsically as if it were born with it, because that's how Miller are. Right. But if it's something that's special that only certain things could do, then like, you know, like, for example, magic, if magic has to be learned, you know, you, you go and Fred, Fred, the, you know, the farmer is not going to teach you how to use magic. Well, no, no. But if you if you go to Gandalf, the wizard and take it and take a sample of him, you get all his memories. So you get you learn all his spells. Yes. Right. We've already discussed this, that spell casting becomes part of something you absorb. In fact, if it's a spell caster, the Miller can do it, too. We've already. Yep. We've already yeah. gone over that. So the question is, you're meeting an avatar of Xenathar. What of his abilities are you going to be able to get? Are you just going to get the Avatar's abilities, which would basically walk around and be a meat puppet for Xenathar? Xenathar? Or will you get some of, some of the deatical de abilities from him? That depends on how the Avatar is. I would... Well, an Avatar is just the god in a human form. It's still the god, it's just in a compact, easy travel size. I would... I. I'd say you get it all. It's just well, no. Here's a question. It's it's one of those things. It's one of those uh, you know theological things. Is Zenithar really there, or is Zenithar you know hand puppeting it on the ground, so to speak? So I mean, if it's if it if it's basically if it is Zenithar there in 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 corporeal form, then yeah, you probably would get all his memories. If he's just hand puppeting, you find out there's no memories because they're not there. They're Someplace up there in the sky. I mean, his plants still up. His, his basing this off of the Avatar of Akatosh, which has appeared before, it would be, I think, a smaller form of a deity, just so that they can easily move around without destroying things. Okay, so it does actually have. Uh, so it would get the at least what information the deity decided to download to that body. Right. Alright. So it might actually get some godlike abilities. That would be interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that would be 100,000 years ago, so... Hmm. Mm -hmm. But see, gods ha seem to have the ability to confer godlike abilities on people they choose. So it's quite possible that a fringeworthy could get such a thing if they were willing to serve that deity. Well, yes. Um, Especially if that deity was not able to cross the interdimensional boundary into the multiverse. Deidre, the, the Daedric princes will often choose champions to act on Mundus and uh, in their to act in Mundus on their behalf. Okay. Hmm. Uh, the eight divines are usually more distant, but. If you're wanting to add, like, mythic adventures to this sort of thing, you could easily. That's what I got from, from how active these things are. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking up some of the other places they could visit on the plants, and Giuliano's good place to visit. God of Wisdom and Logic. Another safe place to visit. Um, ooh. Oh, look! Uh, 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 oh, look! Fun for Vulcan! 
seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, both wisdom and logic. Oh, but not necessarily knowledge. Oh, interesting. So wisdom and logic. The father, the Nordic father of language and mathematics, is a Cyrodiilic uh, god of literature, law, history, and, and contradiction. Okay, what one is this? Julianos. Julian. Okay, let me. Uh, his blessings are intelligence and magica. So he's the one you want to know. Uh, Monastic orders founded by Tiber Septim and dedicated to Julianos are the keepers of the Elder Scrolls. Yep. Nope. Okay, do you know what type of world that would be, John? It would be a world library. The, the library planet. Yeah, it'd be, oh, yes, from, from Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be the library. Yeah. It would be yeah. the library. Yep. They have books or scrolls. Yes. Books, scrolls. Whatever. Yeah. If it's written down in some form, actually, in this instance, based on his worshippers, here's where something comes into play. Some of these can have actual counterparts in Daedric Princes as well. Julianus is often worshipped by wizards, mages, and scholars, basically those who seek knowledge. Yeah. But conversely, we go here, Daedric Princes, there's also the Daedric Lord Hermaeus Mora. Ah. Hermaeus Mora is the formless Daedric Prince of Knowledge and Memory, seeks to possess all that is knowable. These two would effectively be counterparts of each other. Oh, okay. So it's basically an aspect of Julianus then. Not aspects. They are separate beings, just ah. opposite sides of the spectrum, so to speak. Oh, oh, one. Okay. One's, one is the, one is the, is the person who has public libraries and invites everyone in. The other one has a private library and steals books from people. Yes. And occasionally people. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that works. Yeah. <laughs> So Giuliano's, as you said, it's a library. It's a library world. Uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Giuliano's instructs worshippers to know the truth, observe the law. When in doubt, seek wisdom from the wise. Yeah. Encourages them to seek out knowledge. Hermes Mora hoards it. He despises anyone who keeps knowledge from him, however little that it might be. All right. So it makes me. Uh... So this is one of the cases where I'm going to do a slight tangent. Sorry, Bruce. If this is a library world and it's an infinite plane, which means it's probably connected to the uh, um, the uh, Terry Pratchett's infamous library verse. All libraries are part of the of this one great big library. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. So it's, I think it's possible that this. If if you go, you know, if you if you are Terry Pratchett fans, this is the place where you can go to go anywhere as a library. Uh, yeah, but I always think that's such a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, why why make it easy for the characters to run around and never actually interact with the NPCs that actually live in the world? That's to me a bad idea. Yeah, yeah true. But you know, if you end up in the unseen universities library. There's books here you don't want to read or have them read you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's probably books. Wait a, minute. That... Wait a minute. What's this one book covered in 
bound in human flesh? What? Yeah. Oh yeah, there are books there that are basically that will read you, and then you're gone. You why know? does that sound? Why does that sound like a bad Soviet Russia joke? <laughs> but yeah, in Soviet Russia, book read you. Yes, and does always have nice day. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is a place where there's there's all sorts of uh, books. I'm wondering, it's, but I'm go, but we would have to say, even though it's an infinite world and it's infinite books, it's only about this universe. Right. Otherwise, it, they would have all the knowledge of other universes, and that would be bad. Anything within particular universe that is known. Oh, and to make it worse, they use card catalogs. Oh. See, why would any? Why would anybody do that? Because they're sadists. We want you to find it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's and it doesn't use it uses one of the uh, alternatives of the Dewey Decimal System, so we get good luck at finding stuff. Uh, it's there. It's there. <laughs> yes. One thing you know for a fact is it is there. Yes. So. Yeah. You just gotta find it. The knowledge is free. No one said they're gonna help you find it. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a library, but good luck trying to find a librarian. Yeah. Right. Oh, you can find a librarian. The trouble is, he may go, oh, yes. It gives you some instructions, and you realize she just sent you on a three-year journey <laughs> through the stacks to find something. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's probably things that live in the stacks. Am I correct? Well, they better if it's a three-year journey. Yeah. <laughs> you live in the stacks now. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. And- you find little villages made out of books where people are living and, you know... <laughs> Uh, this thing, this thing, Julianos would definitely be a trip. Yeah. Just might not come back from it for a while. We're the village of what's that again? Masonry. After all, our books are made all masonry books. Our houses are made all masonry books, and you know, and here have some have some books on have some cookbooks. They're good to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there has to be, you know, there has to be some sort of ecology here. I mean, if it's just all books. I'm sure there would be some form of it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it both would be indoors and, it's you know, this is, this is a divine plane, so it would both be indoors and outdoors at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there'll be places where there's gardens and people grow things and, you know, the the more mortal beings that live here. And then, of course, the guy, the, the more immortal beings just, you know, eh, we don't worry about that. Yeah. And well, well you should, earthly yeah. person. Yeah. Mortal so. being. Oh, and the books... On, meat on, bag. You yeah. know, we've heard it all. Oh. Meat bag. E- ephemeral. And Are that, you a person? No, I am a meat popsicle. Yes. I just saw that. Uh, And and while while those who seek forbidden knowledge might find it easier in Hermes Mora's Realm of Apocrypha, you're not exactly... You're not exactly likely to escape there once you get in. Yeah, it tends to weed out those who would use knowledge for evil. Okay, Apocrypha, Realm of Hermetus Mora. Okay, let me look. Hermetus Mora, several other names for him. 
apart from being one of the realms of oblivion. Yeah, I also imagine that books on becoming immortal are also fairly easy to find. Or hard to find, one when, when, when or the other. It is where all forbidden knowledge can be found. Yeah. Agrafoy is an endless library with shelves stretching onward in all directions. Good luck finding anything, because every book has a black cover with no title. Uh, that works perfectly, you know. <laughs> Forbidden. constantly shifting, just like Mesmora himself. Mm -hmm. Think Cthuloid, and you got it close. Oh, oh, a flare run library. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like the the seekers kind of look similar. <sighs> so what you do is you break into the into the mind flares uh, uh, chambers because that's where the really good books are, and they're all labeled. Yeah, you do find some labeled ones in there when you go. That could be game mechanics, or it could just be mind, mind flare porn. I don't know. That's forbidden knowledge right there. Yeah, uh, just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone, John. Just move on. Uh, Rule 34. Sorry. Whoa, that was a cough. I'm sorry. Endless rule. See a toxic green liquid or giant oil. Slither and rock waves, whipping at anyone who gets too close. What little cell ground there is consists of several archipelagos and cathedral like buildings made of heavily weathered stone. Connected by constantly shifting bridges built of greasy black metal. This is a disgusting sounding place. Oh, but yeah, it's it's but but yeah, you know, as I said, you know, uh, just in general, you know, the fact that you're in this infinite realm of knowledge would be oh, another, yeah. another interesting place, and I I would imagine that tempts people. The apocrypha tempts people with hidden and forbidden knowledge. Yeah. They just often can never leave. Yeah. I'm just thinking at least in Giuliano's in general, where the port, where the, where the ring station is, that would probably be on the very, very small section on what they know about what's outside, what's through that portal. Right. It would probably be, the ring station would probably be nearby what, what small bit is known about, about it and what's beyond it. Ooh. That actually would be a place to find, you know, stuff about the, you know, Commonwealth, about the uh, what happened a hundred thousand years ago. There may be some information about the old Commonwealth and the Termelon. Once they found there's a place with, well, infinite knowledge, you oh, can yeah. you can imagine a Termelon want to go. I want to go. Oh yeah, I just want to visit. Never know. Never know. One might still be there. Yeah, I only stay a little yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Turns out he's now busy working as a uh, as a library assistant, shelving books. Uh, <laughs> oh, hello there! Welcome to this world. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to this world. There's much for you to learn and much for you to spurn. Okay. Um. So we figured that if we go to these various worlds named after the deities. Mm -hmm. They're going to be fashioned after what the deities are all about. Okay, yeah. we've determined that. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The nine, the nine, the nine divines, except for Talos, which doesn't actually have a world. Well, actually, technically, Talos is Talos. The... Nern. You really want to get technical about it? Yes, Talos represents Nern as the hero god of mankind. Yeah. So of the worlds, uh, Dibella, 
would be wouldn't be too bad. Julianos wouldn't be too bad. Kinnareth, that's the one plane I think there's actually no ground. Well, her symbol is a tree, so Oh, but I thought she was the goddess of air, wind, and sky. Well, okay, they. That's a singing group, John. I was going to make an earth, wind, and fire joke, yeah. Generally seen as the embodiment of nature, with the mysterious and deadly Spriggans representing her wrath. Okay. Small ants. Small ants? Yes. Small, angry ants. Baby grows! Yay! Yes! Angry baby grows! I think of the of the various... Actually, most of these roles aren't too bad to visit. Uh, Stendar. <laughs> I'm sorry. Josie knows, as soon as she said Groot, she knows what I'm laughing about. <laughs> Is this an important conversation right now? You don't like hats? You never like hats. Actually, I like... <laughs> Dendar sounds interesting because it's the god of mercy, justice, charity, and luck, and the righteous do them by might and merciful forbearance. Yeah, that doesn't sort of like a sound a variation of the um, uh, of the uh, of the uh, what was it the uh, code of the uh, code of Unita? Uh, well, not the code. Um, what was what, what's the proper term, Bruce? Uh, the the UN Charter. Yes, the the operational. Yeah, the, but the charter. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, the. Um... Yeah, uh, well, usually you refer to as the um, orders of engagement, mm-hmm. or um, it's you know the, the the basically the the charter of hum- human rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Now we just have to toss in the fact that they have rule by might and merciful forbearance. So they're basically benevolent benevolent tyrants. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm seeing most of these worlds. Deity itself, they wouldn't really be that bad to visit. Imagine mm-hmm. that would be the most dangerous. Yeah. Okay, because it goes through that cycle regularly. And the other one with the dragons, Akatosh, would be kind of uh, hard on people because you're human. Yeah. For one, you're looking at this world's plane of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dragons being being sort of immortal beings themselves are are not really affected by it, but hey, you don't want to be there. And actually, there's two places, two more places you can visit because you you come to realize it because it's the two dead, it's the it's the two moons. They they are potentially also a place you could visit. You could have a portal to. So you have Secunda, Master and Secunda, yeah. So so do I assume there's atmosphere every place you go? There may or may not be. Let's just leave that up to the GM for the sake of our sanity. Yeah, there are those two are dead worlds, dead planes. Dead worlds with dying planes. Yeah. So, uh, best way to imagine, you know, imagine you see all these hit mountains and hills, and then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So you just stay on the mountains and hills, and you don't go to the nothing because this really is nothing. It's straight, you know, you know, straight oblivion right there. It's actually saying here that when you observe, uh, the, uh, however, an observation of the two moons 
Secunda actually revolves around Masser, showing that Secunda is in fact Masser's moon. So it's a moon that has a moon. That would trip my stuff up right then and there. I'm looking going, wait a minute. Excuse me. I want my veil back. <laughs> yes, the moons are pure white and featureless, but today their skin is decaying and withering away. The planes are likewise dying. Mortals perceive this as moons being spheres with patches of their surfaces completely eaten away. As the moons spin, they become, they are seen, seem, seen to become s s slivers and ragged crescents. Um, or they seem to become, they seem to become slivers and ragged crescents. These are not caused by shadows because you can see stars through the black patches of, of the lunar spheres and I guess through the crescents. So there's m massive holes in these in these in these planes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would play. You'd need a spacesuit, and then you best best not get too far from the from the platform, because you step in that where it looks like a like a dark patch. Nope, that ain't dark patch. That's nothing. Forever. Yeah, <laughs> that would be actually the moons would be the uh, probably a very dangerous place to visit. Yeah. Because of how they're perceived as dying worlds. Because I wouldn't toss it. I wouldn't put. I would not put it past the GM to actually said, "Well, they're dead and dying. Uh, they're dead and they're dead and they're dead and they're well, they're dying. So there are some things still left there. You don't want to meet them. Right. Because <laughs> look, a living thing. <laughs> An animal is most dangerous when it's cornered. When there's no way out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, these two, and they were killed by what the creation of Nern? Um, no, Master and Secunda are seen as attendant spirits to Nern. Okay, but why are they dead? Uh... Oh, because they are temporal and subject to the bounds of mortality. So the so the spirits got old and died. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, which is why the art the the Adira. Am I getting it right? Adra. Adra, sorry. Adra. Some of them basically want to get get the heck out of Dodge. Cause that was what the that, that was what resulted in stairs. Yeah. They they were like, Nope. Nope. The eight the eight divines are as they are because they permanently give pieces of themselves to uh, create. And they're stuck. But the rest said they, they are partially bound to nerd by that. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So, do you, so, and just looking through the different things. So, to get into the oblivion, there are ways to do that. There are things, you, there are creature, there are critters you can f literally ride or or fly on up into the oblivion, leave the mortal plane. Uh, because of this unique nature of the fact that the oblivion is far away yet quite close. Could you literally build your equivalent of a Tower of Babylon up into up in, up into the Oblivion? It's an infinite plane. Infinite I don't see how you could possibly do that. I would argue that that particular thing would not be possible. Okay, I'm just asking because you know I'm I'm your typical you know uh, min max player. I'm trying to find you know all, all the. the the, the edges of this thing, so I can, you know... You would have to, to be able to even do that. There are these connection points to other realms of oblivion. Uh, let's go with Nocturnal. 
Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, nocturnal. I saw I see that, so let's go hit she, she's known as the night mistress. Her seer is night the night and darkness. She's also called Lady Luck. Hmm. Okay. And, and actually has two artifacts associated with her. The gray cowl of nocturnal and the skeleton key. Now we're gonna go with the skeleton key here. The key the skeleton key is what maintains the connection between Nern and her realm of the Evercom. Yeah. A portal called the Ebon Bear. Ooh. Located within a, within a structure called the Twilight Sepulchre. So she has a physical connection to this world. Okay. But uh, did she? Okay, so in that question, so in that case, did she actually give up a piece of herself to help make Nern, or she just resides in the oblivion and? Unlikely, because those that did not give pieces of themselves were eventually became known as the thief. Supposedly, she she is the source of a thief's luck. Up, oh, yeah. And play, and that which flows from the Ebon Mirror. Plays a heavy role in lives of any who use the shadows to do their work. So, none know what she gets in return. Wow, I see the uh, cowl of nocturnal, which basically hides your identity. Mm -hmm. While you wear the, the gray cowl of nocturnal, you are known as the gray fox. Mm, and I like the way it's written. To completely hide its wearer's identity from mortal knowledge. Does that mean people forget who you were? Yes. It was stolen from Nocturnal by a thief named Amir Dereloth, first grandmaster of the Thieves' Guild. First, mm -hmm. the cowl so that whoever wore it would be erased from history. Everyone who knew the person would forget them. Now, if you take it off, do you, are you brought? Is your memory brought back? That is after the curse is removed from it. Okay, so just taking the cowl off doesn't bring your memory back. Once you wear the cowl, you're cursed with no one knowing who you are. Right. Okay, and you're... It, once the curse is removed from it, it simply hides your identity while you wear it. Okay. Oh, so initially it was that person, you know, so he must have, Emmer, since we know about Emmer Dareloth, he must have had the curse removed. <laughs> right. The curse was removed by being, by using an Elder Scroll. Okay. Because the Elder Scrolls can't be affected by that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, one wonders if, if in fact, Aaron Dareloth did steal it, uh, or he just claims to have stolen it, and that it's been actually been in the hands of other people, but, you know, no one remembers who they are. Well, it, it has passed through the kid's hands. That's why... That's why some think the Great Fox is several hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Oh, we're talking about Nocturnal, Trav? Yeah. 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 Nocturnal, the uh, goddess of luck. And uh, the night mistress. And bit, bit of the, the goddess of Thebes. <laughs> She's one of the uh, 13 worlds that are in the... Uh, in the realm, the, uh, 13... In Bolivian, got it. I yeah, see yeah, on the... Yeah, yeah. So she also seems to deal with witches as well. Okay, nocturnal. Let me. Yeah, let me take a look here. 
Oh, wait a minute. Let, uh, da, 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 let me put in my two cents here. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. No. If this if this was a world that I was fashioning after Nocturnal, I would see it as your typical dark, dark kind of gritty medieval city where you got thieves around every corner. And, you know, it's just it would be a bad part of town, the entire town. Pull up. Pull up Everglow. And she claims to be an aspect of the void of oblivion itself. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's. The Everglow is dark and foggy, containing gloomy and dangerous creatures. That is... Everglow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically it's, you know, someone turned off the lights, uh, and are you know are are, are there lights? Or is there it... seem to be based on what it looks like. Okay. It's kind of gloomy, but not, but not totally dark. All right. Okay. So, so it's um, gothic. It's that gloomy, gothic nighttime type thing. Much like the stereotypical Transylvania in most movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 your stereotypical. Transylvanian countryside, blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so like uh, Ravenloft. <laughs> yes. Yes. You want is it something like that? The closest she has to actual worshippers are her nightingales. And she has three. She has three. The, the nightingale trinity. They serve her directly. Her specific abilities. Each different, each a different one. Once a nightingale enters into a contract with Nocturnal, they are bound to serve nightmistress and guarding the Twilight Sepulchre for life, and even after death, until she feels the contract has been fulfilled. At which point, they are transferred into. A All right. So yeah. So the power over sh one's got the power of shadow. One has the power of subterfuge, and one has the power of strife. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely triplet. Yep. Um, equal opportunity, or they're all female or all male or what? Or... Equal opportunity. She does. She's not picky. All right. She's like a scolding mother who pushes her child to do better. It's just not dark enough, dearie. It's not dark enough. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds. She can sound angry, without being completely pissed at you. Yeah, there's no physical description of what she looks like because she's hidden in darkness and shadow. Uh, I guess any depiction of her is artistic, much artistic license. Depictions <laughs> are usually artistic license. Usually, from a nondescript human woman draped yeah. in a cloak that hides most of her features and body. Yeah, not this picture. Oh no, that that picture. Yeah. <laughs> the imagination and that is close enough to what she hears us in the anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the picture from the loading screen of, of uh, Skyrim. She is definitely not her body is definitely not hidden in that in that picture. Definitely not <laughs> hidden. That is artistic license. Well, we know what really sells. Yeah, we know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh 
Yes. She's not evil. She's just... Okay, she's not evil. She's just basically... This is her realm. This is what she does. Yeah. She deals in... She deals with thieves. She deals with subterfuge. But it's not... It's... It's uh, just... Neutral? Lawful neutral? Chaotic neutral? I don't think she really... I, I think she'd be neutral. She's not really interested. But she, but she does have chaos, subterfuge and... What's it again? And and strife. So that tends toward the chaotic side of neutral. Yeah. Okay, chaotic neutral then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, chaotic neutral. Uh, I either want to have ice cream or kill somebody. I'll decide in the car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, that's her. Leaving all your options open. Yes. yes. But yes. the lights will always. Why be... not both? Yeah, that too. Yeah. And the lights would be off though every time though. All right. Um. So we have it that these worlds are deities and if it if this world was put on a prime that you could through the rest of the node travel to these worlds and these worlds would kind of be fashioned based on the domains and portfolios of these deities i'm using the terms from deities and demigods to describe best right. what what they stand for and i would make one of the star platforms a platform through to the Aetherus. So that's where you would get the... Yeah. Yeah, you just need one and it connects to the four realms that's known that way keeps your keeps your workload down. You can just hook up to the, one of the four known realms and the rest of them go to the various 13 realms that are known. Mm. In the Oblivion. And that... Yeah, the, the 16 known realms. Oh, 16. Oblivion. Oh, 16 known realms. Thank you. I, right. I miscounted, sorry. 16 specific Daedric Princes, which brings me to my theory about the towers. Oh, yes. You mentioned the towers. Ah, uh, yes. What keeps So what keeps the Oblivion from taking back from which was taken from it? To be continued. This podcast is protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and make all attributions to the TriTech Games Podcast. The views, information, concepts, or opinions expressed during the TriTech Games Podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of TriTech Talents LLC or make claims to its intellectual properties as well as any other properties mentioned in this podcast.